0: Good evening and praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. I am indeed excited to be here this evening just to share what the Lord has laid on my heart with you to be an encouragement to you, to encourage all of us that we are living in times where we have to be ready for just about anything. So we're gonna get into the word, but I just wanna breathe a word of prayer Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity. God, we thank you for just your goodness, your mercy, and your grace to us. Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus, everything that you have placed within me to share tonight. God, I entreat you that your anointing will rest heavily upon me, that I will speak those words that you have given that will bring life, that will bring encouragement that will bring strength to those that may be weak. God, in the name of Jesus, have your way, hide me behind the cross that you may get the glory, that you may get all the honor and that words of life may be spoken to those that are in need. Meet now every need of everyone that's joining tonight in the name of Jesus. As we share the word of God, let it not only be written but let it become living God in the name of Jesus. Bless now for your namesake and for your glory. We give you all praise, all glory and all honor in Jesus' mighty name we pray and for his namesake, amen. Amen. We're gonna be coming tonight from a topic, ready, set, go. Now, before we get started, I want you to, if you would visualize, just visualize, starting at a beginning of a race. Typically, the words that we would hear would be on your mark, get set, go. And usually you would not hear them say go, but we're gonna use that tonight. Typically, you would hear a gunshot. You would hear the starter's pistol. We're gonna bring some emphasis to the starter's pistol a little later on in the lesson tonight. But let's start off with our scriptures for this evening. Our first text will come from the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14. And it says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Here's where we get into the mark. I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the word mark is used in the Bible a number of times. We are also encouraged in Psalms 37, 37 to mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. God has a plan for our life. There is no question that he has a plan for our life. We tend to prepare. We tend to believe that we have to prepare before we start doing anything. And and typically that would be true. That would be true. If you're going to prepare to do something or plan to do something, you do need to sit down and plan things out. That is true. That is true. But sometimes we tend to do more planning than we do action. And what happens is we tend to say, just like when you're getting ready to go someplace, somebody may be waiting on you and you say, I'll be ready in a few minutes. I'll be ready. And sometimes you try to get up just a little earlier just to get ready. But sometimes in this life that we live, we tend to do more preparation and say, well, I'm not quite ready yet. I'll be ready when I do this. What does it mean to truly be ready? What are we getting ready for? And What are we ready for now at this moment? We tend to put off and say, well, when I finish doing this, I'll be ready to do what God has for me to do when I finish doing this or when I meet up with this person, when I make that contact, I will be ready. But I want to let you know this evening, sometimes we are always preparing and we're never really getting to the point where we pull the trigger, where we actually say, God with all that is going on, I am ready to do what you called me to do. I'm ready to walk where you have ordained for me to walk. I'm not going to stir things. I'm not going to just try to do this and do that, but I'm going to wait on you. And now that I know what you've told me to do, I'm going to do what I know to do. And we're going to get into the scripture tonight. Uh, We're going to be talking about one of the I think he is a good example to use, and we're going to be talking about David. We probably have heard a lot about David in his preparation, and we know, typically we know the story of David and Goliath. That's where we tend to think that everything starts, is on the battlefield. But I tell you, David actually prepared himself. Let's look at the text. We're in the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, and we're looking at the 17th chapter, and We'll know, we'll know the backdrop of this story, but David was not even chosen by his father. He was left out in the field. And I'm just gonna give you a little history on David for those that may be new that may not know. But David was left out in the field and the prophet came to anoint the next king, to anoint king over Israel. He comes to the house of Jesse and he is, get the prophet is told, the, you will know who I have chosen because when you hold the oil over their head, the oil will run down. Jesse had eight sons and David was the younger of the sons. So when the prophet arrived, he told him to present his sons. He asked Jesse, will you please present your sons? I'm here to anoint the one that will be king over Israel. And the instruction that God gave the prophet was, you will know the one that I have chosen because when you hold it, all, hold the oil over his head, it will begin to flow. Well, the story goes in the scripture that all of David's, all of David's brothers were presented before him. He was not even brought in the house. He was still outside in the back and the prophet held the vat over the horn of oil, he held it over everyone's head, all of the seven, all of David's seven brothers. And even the prophet had to look. He thought surely Eliab, the oldest, because he was head and shoulders, he was taller than everybody else. He thought surely he is the one that God has anointed to be king. Now we know Saul is already king, but God has chosen a new king because Saul did not follow the instructions that he was given. So the story goes when he got to the seventh son, he got to the seventh son, and he looked at Jesse and said, surely you have another son. There has to be one more. Sometimes when we're going through, when you look at someone from the outside, you may not even know, or you may not consider them for a given task. They don't look like they can handle it. They don't look like they're the one. Let's go by. But the scripture says that Men look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So let's move a little forward. David, his father, Jesse, finally says, yeah, I have one more son. Little uh, ruddy little fella. He's in the back watching the sheep. So the prophet tells Jesse, call that son in, call him in. And as soon as he held the horn of oil over David's head, David is anointed the oil flows David is anointed to be king and the scripture also notes that the Spirit of God came upon David at that point that he was anointed but it didn't it was just the beginning of everything in the book of first Samuel we look here and we see that David was following the instruction given to him by his father he was told to watch the sheep, David was obedient. He followed his father's instructions. But one day after all of the men of war and those that were arrayed for battle had gone off to stand against the men of Gath that had come at the Philistines that had come against them, David, his fa- David's father calls him in and said, uh, David, I need you to do something for me. I need you to take this, this bread and take everything down to your brothers. Go down to the battle. And I need you to take this to them. And he even sent some to their captain. He said, take this to them and then come back and let me know how they're doing, how things are going. So David follows the instructions that his father gives him. And he goes down to the battlefield. And when David shows up, the Philistines are on one side and the army of Israel is on the other side and they are arrayed for battle. And I tell you, there was nothing that David did on that given day that made him qualified to go other than following the instructions that his father gave him. So David goes out of obedience. Many times, and our pastor has always taught us, when you are expecting God to do something, God will always give you instruction. Now, The instruction, you always have to pay close attention to the instruction. That instruction can lead you into places that you may not anticipate. Uh, but it does not, uh, it does not negate your experiences up to that point. If you follow me. So David gets down to the battle and he hears everything that's going on. And when he gets there, he gets there. Now, let me tell you this. There is nothing that David did that made him more qualified to be there other than being obedient, other than following the instructions that he was given. But when David shows up, it says that David rose up early, gathered everything that he was needed, and he took it down. And once he got there and saw everything that was going on, he hears Goliath challenging the people of God. He's challenging the army. So David is listening, but before he even gets to the point of facing Goliath, he gets there and his eldest brother finds out. David is trying to get the 411 about what's going to happen, you know, and his brother comes up and he accuses David. Sometimes when you are doing what God would have you to do, You may receive an accusation. Somebody may come against you and say, I don't think you're here for the right reason. I don't think that this is what you should be doing. But David is there and his brother accuses him of coming down just to see the fight. He wants to get a front row seat of the fight. Now, David is, uh, he looks at his brother and I guess if we were to put that in our day, there might be a, he could have gotten a little uh, discouraged just from Uh, what his brother told him. You just came down to see the fight. You don't even belong here. You're a little shepherd. And who did you leave? He actually kind of insults David. He actually insults him. He says, who did you in verse uh, of the 17th chapter? We're looking at Samuel when David gets there. And as he talked with the men that were around the champion, verse 23, the Philistine Champion Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, spake and said uh, the words where he challenged him. And David heard them, and all of the men saw him. Saw the man fled, and they were so afraid. Now you look at this situation, and some of the things that you have gone through in your life, and where God has brought you to, uh, it may seems like you're not. It may even seem like you're not even ready to engage. I don't think David went down thinking that he was going down to fight. I don't really think that he thought that that was going to be what took place when he got there. But God always, somebody said that God doesn't always give us all of the details. So some of the things that you have gone through have prepared you for opportunities uh, for God to get some glory. David is there. He hears the accusation of Goliath and david tries to get some more information so what's going to happen to the one that takes him out you know what when you're starting we're going back to the starting pistol when a race starts you hear the starter pistol everything that you have learned up until that point prepares you for the race you don't prepare when you get there you are prepared because of what you have been through all of the training everything that you have gone through makes when that starter pistol goes off, all the runners take off. Now, if they haven't done their exercise, if they haven't stretched, if they haven't done all the things to prepare them for that moment, then it will show up on the field. It will show up in the race. David gets there and he hears the accusation of Goliath against Israel. When he hears the accusation he says that, become, that actually becomes David's starter pistol. That was all he needed to hear for him to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would even accuse the armies of God? So while he's standing there accusing the armies of God, he actually realizes that this is unacceptable. David acts around and the men are shaking and trembling and David says, I can't I can't take this. I can't take this. David decides at that moment. That I need to do something about this. So David advances towards and he starts to ask people what's going on. He hears the accusation. Then he looks around and he sees that everybody is withdrawn and they're afraid and they're trembling. David says, is there not A cause. We are at the point now where we have to prepare ourselves to take up the cause of Christ. Now, like I said, there is nothing that David did that would prepare him for that moment on that given day. But he shows up, and when he hears the accusation of the enemy, David says, Is there not a cause? Now, we know Saul at that point says, Well, God be with you, son. If you're going to go out there, why would you send a boy? to do a man's job. I tell you this, don't be so concerned about how things look when you go into a given situation. God will always prepare you before you get to where you need to be. He will always prepare you. Sometimes we take more uh, concern about preparing ourselves instead of just listening to the direction of God. David gets there, he hears the accusation, and then when he tells, he tells the men, don't worry, don't take no fear. Take no fear. Let no man heart in verse 32, let no man's heart fail because of him. He says, thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, thou are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are but a youth and he a man of war from his youth and David said to Saul this is where this is the clincher here David says to Saul thy servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb of the flock And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. This is where your experience with God comes into play. David did not go down to show himself as a man of war or as someone that came to fight. But when he heard the accusation, that became the start of pistol. What are you going through and what have you been through in your life that has set you to take on the cause of Christ? We are now armed. We've talked about being aligned. Now we're talking about being ready. What are we getting ready for? Do we consider ourselves to be ready to take on the cause of Christ? or Are we still in preparation? Are we still saying, well, when I finish this or when I finish that, I'll be ready? I tell you that if you look at everything that we have been through, we are coming out of a pandemic, something that we didn't even know we were going to be faced with. There are things that God has done in your life and things that he has placed in you that he expects you to carry out his will. And we're not here to offer up any excuse because God says that he will give us everything that pertains to life and to godliness. I submit to you that everything that you have gone through, even through this pandemic, has prepared you. Now, if you just went through just to be going through, I tell you, there is no way that if you are under the sound of my voice, you are a survivor. You have just come through a pandemic. And even though they haven't opened everything back up again, I tell you that God has a purpose for your life. There is something that he wants to do through you and in you. And don't be concerned if you haven't accomplished this, that, and the third, because you cannot always measure. With God, it is not your ability. It is your availability. Can you make yourself available for God to use you? Can you make yourself available so that he can share a word through you to someone else? Maybe, maybe it's just being able to minister to a need that you are aware of. You have to tell yourself that God knows what's best. And if he has taken you through a given circumstances, it is not for naught. The scripture says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which shall come to try you. God does not get any glory out of just taking us through the motion. Everything that he does is for a purpose. He prepares David from watching by watching the sheep to get him on the battlefield from following the instruction that his father gives him. And now David, the little boy, David, the one that was not even called in, David, the one that Everybody looked over. Some of you have been going through some things and it seems as if maybe I need to do this, that and the third. You are uniquely in the position to do what God has called you to do. Now, some of you may even shy away and say, I don't even know about a calling. That sounds so whatever, however you want to describe that. A calling sounds real serious. It is serious. But if you look at what we are going through and have just come through if this if there was ever anything to draw you to the forefront this would be something to to do that the pandemic served a purpose we're not going to give it more credit than what is necessary but it served a purpose it brought us to a different place it brought a lot of people to different places we've lost some people have lost family loved ones Some people have lost jobs. The economy has changed. Technology has boomed in a way that we didn't expect, although it lagged in the beginning. God has a purpose for everything that he does. He has a purpose. He can take a pandemic and make it work for his good, for our good, for his will. He can make it serve his purpose. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose. It's not a mistake. I don't care how far back it went. It is not a mistake. Even some people have been called a mistake. You may have been called a mistake. God does not make a mistake. So if you are in a given place in your life, this is the point where everything that you have come through, like I said, you are a survivor. You've made it this far and God has graced you to come through something that you didn't think you, you didn't know how you were going to fare up. You didn't know how things were going to work out, but you're here. You have survived. You are here through great circumstances. You are here. Many people lost jobs. You kept yours. You're here. That's not coincidence. Many people lost loved ones. You may have not lost anyone in your family and then you may have, but it still serves the purpose of God. God has a great plan for your life. He does. He is not caught off guard. And you've heard me say it numerous times. God is never taken by surprise as to what happens in our life. But when we make ourselves available to him, he can actually get the glory out of your life. If you survived and you realize that you have survived something that you didn't even think you were going to make it through, tell yourself I am a survivor. You made it. You made it. You probably didn't know how when the day one came, but now, look, we have gone almost 15 months and you made it. You survived. If you're hearing my voice, you are a survivor. That's nothing to take lightly. If you heard about a plane crash and there were 300 people on a plane and 299 of them were killed and one person made it, That person is a survivor. That is not something to take lightly. Because what would it take for one person to survive in a plane crash? 299 died and you survived. How many people lost their jobs and you still have it? How many people lost their home, their residence, and you bought a house during the pandemic? You kept your job and got a promotion during the pandemic. Look at God look at God. It's not coincidence. It is not coincidence. God has a purpose for your life. I have some, I can't get into all of it tonight. I'm, we're going to have to, we're going to have to continue this, but I just want to stop by. I just wanted to come by and encourage you. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Look for God's instruction. Look for direction from him. Every day that you wake up, seek the face of God. God, I want to know what you want me to do. Where do you want me to go? What, do you, what will you have me to do? Whenever God does something in your life, David, and I said, was not ready, made ready by anything that he did on that day. And it was not the knowledge that David had, but it was the knowing. It was not his knowledge. He was not a man of war. He did not study how to fight at that age, but it was his knowing what God did through him. It's going to be your knowing God that's going to take you places. Not so much how many degrees you have, how many things you checked off of your bucket list. No, it's going to be so that God can get glory out of your life. So don't think that you have a long time to wait before you step into what God has for you to do. He's already, he's just waiting on us to go. There's a song that says, if the Lord needs somebody, send me, I'll go Lord. If you want me to say or sing or whatever you want me to do, I'll go. You don't have to find anybody else. I will go. Just make yourself available and God is going to show himself Mighty in your life he will not disappoint you he will not disappoint you he's not a man that he should lie the son of man that he should repent if he has spoken something in your life he's going to do it he's gonna bring it to pass he is more than capable of bringing it to pass so I encourage you stay with God don't allow the enemy to draw you away from him and if he's trying to keep you from building that relationship with God That's what you should strive for. Put that at the top of your list. Make that your top priority. Your relationship with God is critical. It's not uh, optional. It is mandatory. So we're going to get ready to go because we're going to mark the perfect man. We're going to go. We're going to do what God would have us to do. So I encourage you, wait on the Lord. Wait on his direction and follow him. Don't let no one tell you it's not time. Wait on God. Get ready. On your mark. Get set. Go. God bless you.